everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Happy New Year's, guys. Welcome back. I have so missed our time together every other week, but I hope you enjoyed the holidays with your family and friends just like we did. I am so excited to introduce to you today's guest, Michelle Meisner. Michelle's story is going to cover everything from an easy first-time pregnancy, secondary infertility, miscarriage, adoption loss, and chronic illness and disease. She has faced it all with her eyes always on Jesus. You're going to be so inspired by her faith and her trust in God's goodness through every single thing. I have to to choose to see my life as a blessing, the hard times and the good times. And if I can't accept both, then I feel wrong praising God in the good times when I can't praise Him in the bad times. Praising Him in the good times and the bad times. And that is just what Michelle does. But for right now, let's get to my conversation with Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So I've seen your story unfold from afar, but I had no clue what all was involved until recently. Lots to it. So will you start and tell us a little bit about your family? Sure. Um, Jonathan and I have been married for 11 years, and we have uh, we met in college. We have two boys. Truett is, he just turned seven, I guess. And then Axel is one. Um, seven. I love those names. Yeah. So Thank you. Yes. We were very specific on our names. I want them to mean very special things. And so that's our family in a nutshell. We've lived um, here in Oklahoma since college, I guess. So we've been here quite a while now. Awesome. So you have two kids, but that did not happen easily. So how did this journey unfold for you guys? Right. So we originally... Um, even when we first got married, we thought, you know, we'll just wait a few years, get to know each other, you know, be best friends, and then we'll start a family. So when we wanted to get pregnant, we just basically looked at each other and then got pregnant with Truett. It was probably a month or two. And so it was no problem. We were so filled with joy, of course, you know, our first baby, we decorated the nursery. It was all the fun things. And we were thankful. I didn't take it lightly that it was easy for us, but still I was just, thank you, Lord. Here's this baby. Um, about Mm -hmm. a year after we had him, we were talking about trying to have another one because I, I kind of wanted them fairly close. I don't think Jonathan cared either way, but, um, I was having all of these health problems and these symptoms that no one could figure out. And probably in the course of the year, I went to, I think, 19 or 20 doctors. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The first year that Truett was born? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just trying oh, yeah. to figure out what was going on. It was symptoms anywhere from like I was – the first one was like I was really dizzy, um, and I couldn't figure out why I was dizzy. And so they thought, well, you just have vertigo, um, and it wasn't that. And then I would blow dry my hair one day, and any time I'd blow dry my hair, my left leg felt like it was on fire, which is a really bizarre symptom. It's like, why yeah. Why do I have nerve pain in my leg? And then um, I would get, like, one of the most prominent ones that ended up, they, they helped diagnose me with what I know that I have now is uh, one morning I woke up and I had red nail polish on, and my right hand, I could see the red, and the, my, with my left eye, I couldn't see red, like I lost color in one eye only. And so if I went to work and, um, I remember one of my leaders was like, how are you doing today? I was like, good. I'm 
I'm not really seeing color real well in my left eye. And he just said, what are you doing at work? Maybe you need to go to the doctor. And I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea, huh? So I went to the doctor. They diagnosed me with um, optic. I hope I'm saying this right. I apologize for any medical professionals that are listening. It was either optic. Yeah, we do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Optic neuritis, optic neurotic. Yeah. I think it, that's what it was. But um, inflammation of the nerve in your left eye. So it it went away. But um, through that whole thing, I saw a doctor who had me get an MRI. And he was like, I think there's something more going on here. You've been struggling with a lot of things for a long time. Let's just get this and see. And I didn't want to do it. So I actually put it off for like three months. I was like, no, there's nothing wrong. And then I, I don't know, the Lord just prompted me and he's like, well, you, you, maybe you should. And I probably wouldn't have if God didn't just tell me to do it. So I went and got an MRI and came back and they said, yeah, you have multiple sclerosis and that's what it looks like. You need to see a neurologist to, you know, confirm that diagnosis. Um, but I did, and they did confirm it after a lot of other testing. And then I was finally sick of going to the doctor. <laughs> I was like, well, at least I know what I have. Um, but it, Did you know what that all entailed when they told you, or did you have to? Yeah, so I Googled it, which was the most horrible decision. Right. Because that's never the best. <laughs> that's never the best thing. So I didn't really know. I, I just thought, well, that's what they told me that I have. I'm going to figure out what this is until I can have more time with the doctor. And so I just got online and all I saw were like, you know, people in wheelchairs and you're going to have all these issues. You're not going to be able to remember anything or walk. And I just remember walking into Jonathan's office and hugging him and saying, I'm so sorry that I'm broken. I'm so sorry that I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's not true at all. You know, like Satan's got a hold of your mind. The Lord already sees you. Um, you're, you're perfect to me. I married you for who you are. And so he really tried to reaffirm me, but it was such a hard time in my life to just realize and accept my, my diagnosis and my health. Cause I thought I'm a healthy person. I work out and I yeah. eat healthy and I have a kid and I'm a mom and I'm working and like, how is this happening to me? Um, but yeah, God's brought me so far from that too. And so at the time, the medicine, how that affected our fertility journey was the medicine that I'm taking is at the time. And even now, cause it's changed a few times, it's not good to take if you're trying to get pregnant or good for kids. Mm -hmm. So you really have to make a choice. Do I want to have a baby and not take medicine right now? Do I want to try to get pregnant or do I want to stop my health progression, my right. MS progression? And so it's it's an interesting choice you have to make and that you're faced with. And so for a while I thought, no, we're going to try to have a baby. It, it didn't take long with Truett. I'm sure it'll be fine. And so we tried for a year and a half, um, almost two years. And, um, we were like, okay, after this, like, this is our cutoff. We're not going to go past this because I don't know if it'll be good for my health. So, um, were you progressively, could you notice a difference? Like, were you getting worse with the MS? Yes, I was. And um, I didn't notice, uh, I noticed a little, a few things here and there. Like, um, my left foot would feel a little numb on the side, or I would be just extremely fatigued. Sometimes it's not 
more physical symptoms at the beginning, but as it progresses, it can get worse and worse. And so I didn't want to keep pushing it because it's honestly just a surprise. Like you could wake up and one day you have no function of something, but you wouldn't know the day before. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of, my doctor was really clear with me and he's, he's such a great guy, but he was like, here's the thing. You can keep trying as long as you want. I want to help you, your life to be as normal as possible, but you are risking a lot by not being on medication. And so mm-hmm. I decided, I said, okay, well, I'll give it two more months. And then if we don't get pregnant, then I will stop at least for a while, get back on medication and make sure things get under control. So then that's when we did get pregnant. And this was not, it was kind of out of the blue. I thought this is never happening because my, it, I think it was the last month we had decided we we're even going to try. So I got pregnant. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my word, the Lord's answered my prayer. This is awesome is what I've been praying for. It was meant to be. And then, um, it was, I was just like celebrating, but not really telling a lot of people. Maybe I had told a few people in my family, but that was about it. Um, but I was just like, my heart was so full of joy. I just, it's like a mountain you've been trying to climb and you finally get there. And it's just amazing. And then I think it was eight weeks later, um, Jonathan was out of town on a trip. I think he was in Florida at the time. And I was at work and I was like, something's not right. I know something's not right. And so I had talked to a friend um, when I was in the bathroom and she was like, you know, you probably just need to go home. Like, I don't think that's normal. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. And it made me kind of nervous. So I thought, I'll just call my doctor and see. Um, but by that night, I had, I, I was like, no, this is not, I know this is not right. So um, it was definitely a miscarriage and... I was just torn up about it. And then to make things worse, I was all alone. And so oh Jonathan wasn't there. I was at home. He tried to call me, um, but he was working. And so the time change made it a little strange. And then I was just so, I'm not normally like this, but I, I wouldn't answer the phone because I was just so sad. I just couldn't even talk to anyone. I just wanted to be mm-hmm. by myself. Um, and, and well, and you just have that, you in that in your mind, like you, this is your last shot. You're getting on medication indefinitely. Right. And so I was like, this was literally, I'm seeing my dreams go out the window. Yeah. And so I was just grieving so many things, probably not just the miscarriage, but like, will I have kids again? And then at the same time, I'm, I'm so, I so trust God and my faith is deep, but I did question like, God, why would you do this to me? What a mean trick. Why would you allow you know, something like this to happen. I don't understand. Like I did question a lot of things. Um, but my faith is pretty rock solid. And so I, even though, um, I was, I was upset and I was angry. I still know that God was there because even in those moments I was questioning, um, I feel like my relationship with God, a lot of friends tell me this and I, never really thought much of it until they've just repeated themselves for years. And I was like, maybe they're right. Um, I feel like my relationship with God is really kind of different in that he speaks to me very directly, sometimes audibly through other people or through circumstances um, that are just Mm -hmm. extremely clear. And so in this case, I had like, he gave me like a vision of sorts, I guess is what I would call it. I was just laying in bed. I didn't go to, to work the next day. and um I was like, God, what? I'm just, I feel so alone. I'm literally alone. I just need someone to care about me. Are you there? Do you see this pain? Um, And he gave me a vision of, you know, four angels holding 
this white, um, it, not like a sheet, but like a big, like canopy type thing over my bed. And he's just like, I've already been there. I'm, I've, we've been here all mm-hmm. along and we see you and you're safe. Um, mm-hmm. and so whenever I just, I had such peace in the midst of such anxiety and I can't really explain how or why, but I just had such peace. It's like almost the most peace I've ever had in my life. I just was like, okay, wow. it's going to be okay. Um, and the other thing that's just miraculous about this whole thing was I had told God, I was like, you know, I, I can get over this. I can understand it. I can, I don't even need to know, you know, why this happened. And I trust, but like, all I really need to know is like, was it a girl or a boy? And I know that seems so silly because it was too early to tell, but to me, it really mattered. I was like, this, this was something like, it's really important to me. And I just want to know if it was a girl or a boy. Like I just, it would mean the world to me. I feel like I could get over it more. Will you just let, will you just tell me? And this is so amazing, but I had a friend who was mentoring me at the time and she didn't know a whole lot about my whole story really, but she had just out of the blue texted me and said, Hey, I really need to meet you for coffee in the morning. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be in work maybe after that. She's like, no, no, it needs to be tomorrow morning as early as you can get there. I was like, okay. So I went and met her and she just said, Michelle, sit down. I, I heard from the Lord last night and you, and he needs you to know this. And so I don't know all what's going on, but this is really important to me. And I hope you don't think I'm weird, but God wants you to know that you had a, did you have a miscarriage? I was like, yes. And she's like, well, he wants to. She didn't know. No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So she goes, God wants you to know that your baby was a girl and her name is Glory. And she said, no, I know you would never name your baby Glory probably, um, but God wants you to know that's her heavenly name and she's okay and you'll meet her someday. But for right now, he just needs you to rest in the fact that he's already, he's already in control. And so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> And so how, how long after your miscarriage did that happen? Um, probably like, I can't remember for certain, but I want to say like four days, three or four days. So really soon. Yeah. Really soon. Yeah. Wow. So I, so was that, was that it for like, did you just have, I mean, you already had peace before that, but were you like, okay, I know like I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I really was. I, it was like a light switch. I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm I'm good. Like I literally almost went from like switch, flip to switch. Okay. God knows. God cares that much to send someone to tell me the exact thing I was praying for. I'm, I'm going to move on because he obviously knows my life. So I was good after that. I really, really, truly was. And so I still, this is, I mean, just me and Jonathan, but we still have um, the birthday but we celebrate Glory's birthday every year. <laughs> so we have that too. So, I mean, it's just a small thing and I don't like yeah. grieve every year or anything like that, but I do just celebrate, honestly, the fact that God, God's goodness. Yeah. So, um, well, and, and she's still there. I mean, like, I, I think that we don't have that perspective a lot of times that our babies that we've lost, that we haven't lost them, that we will meet them again if we, if we, if we are all get to join Jesus in heaven one day and we're going to get to meet him. Absolutely. Yes. I am. And I am so excited. I'm so excited. I've always wanted a little girl. So just makes my heart glad. So, and then we, um, 
after all that, we just, it was probably about seven months later or so. I was like, you know, I know we're not finished. We just, we just have more to give. I know we just like God's calling us to more. And we had always talked about adopting even before we had gotten married. And so we just didn't even hesitate. We're like, we're just, let's adopt. Let's pray about it. And if we both feel good about it next week, let's put our name in and adopt. So we looked all around for the different options because honestly, I didn't realize until we started looking that there are many, many options for adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, And we decided on purpose to do an infant adoption, not necessarily because we wanted a baby. Um, I think I would have been fine with another like small child or anything like that, but I really wanted to partner with a birth mom. That was really important to me. Um, So I really wanted to be friends with someone who was making such a selfless choice and just walk along the journey of life with that person. And so we put our names in, um, with an adoption agency here in town and yeah, started that whole process. So you, did you immediately get back on your medication? Um, yes, yes, I did. And it, it was really kind of funny because I got back on it for like six months and the doctor came back and said, Hey, it's not really working. You've had a lot of progression. We're going to switch you to this, you know, to, you're going to be on a study. We're going to switch you to a study if you want to do that. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I was, there's not really a lot of options for good medication for MS. There's not a whole lot out there. So this was definitely the best option for me. And that's what I'm still on. And it's absolutely amazing. So not, not only did I get like the best medication that there is, it was like free and I got all this extra care and people monitoring everything. So it's been such a blessing. Yeah. And ever since that, I haven't had any progression since I started that. Like, I guess it was two, two and a half years ago. But you still can't try to get pregnant with that medication? Nope. Nope. Not, not even kind of. <laughs> Would that be okay? <clears throat> In fact, like what I'm on now, you have to... Um sign a waiver that says you're on two different types of birth control, which is hilarious to me. But yeah, I mean, they're just trying to keep people from getting pregnant and having kids without knowing side effects because it's so new, which I completely um, appreciate. But yeah. Yeah. So how does that, I mean, you're, you're on that indefinitely right? There's no, after five years, you can get off kind of thing. Um, I could, if I really wanted to, sure. The other part that I don't really, I haven't really talked much about is we found out in this whole process that, um, we went to a fertility doctor for a short period of time, like I, well, one month basically. And then after all the testing, we were told you have a 99.9% chance of never getting pregnant. Overall, we just felt like we have a lot of stop signs in our life right right now. And so maybe let's just focus on adoption and just run our own race because I think that's maybe where God would rather have us because of all these things that are kind of holding us up. Okay. So back to the adoption. So how long was the process when you start, when you guys started to um, finding a birth mom? Yeah. So after we got um, approved by the adoption agency and they did all of the home studies and all of that, we probably waited, I want to say seven months for a match. Um, that wasn't long at all. No. So we had two, we had one failed adoption 
And then we have Axel, who we have now. So he was the second one. But the first one, we got matched in, I want to say, four months maybe with this sweet, precious girl. Oh, my word. She, I just, I still think about her. I still have a picture of her and pray for her. Um, but she was pregnant with a little girl. And we had decided um, when she had chosen our family and called us, I was like, oh my goodness, it's my dream come true again. Like <clears throat> it's a little girl. I know exactly what I want to name her. We had the nursery already in like a month. And up to the day she was born, we were back and forth talking to this girl. And then um, when she was at the hospital giving birth, usually what happens is they call the, the, um, the adoption agency calls you and tells you like, okay, she's in labor. You can come up. And they kind of are there as a go-between. So once she gives birth, we would get the baby, which is so, I just can't even imagine that for those birth moms, but we would get the baby and, um, but we would both stay in the hospital for a couple of days in case, you know, there's something else that needs to be to happen or whatever. Um, so when she was at a 10, when her, um, she was giving birth and she was about at a 10, they called me and they're like, Hey, Michelle, I'm so sorry. She has changed her mind and she's going to parent. And so I'm so sorry that you've been on this journey, but like, you don't need to come. So in labor, she made in labor. Yeah. After we had talked to her for about four months, (laughs) I was like, God, why? I mean, what are you trying to do to me? Cause it's like in reach, like you can see it. Like you're literally waiting on the call to just step into the hospital and take your kid. Yeah. Like we're waiting. We have her name. We've told our family. This was even to the point where we had dropped Truett off. I think it was four or five, five at the time. Yeah. We dropped him off at grandma's house and we said, we'll be back and we'll bring your sister. And so he oh. is thinking, you know, oh we're like, we're ready. And so when they called me the hardest, I mean, it was so hard. I think that night we went to a movie and went and got ice cream and we're like, let's not even really talk about anything. We were so sad. Um, the worst part maybe was going to pick up Truett and he's like, where's my sister? And I was oh, like, my heart. well, so God had other plans and she's actually going to stay with her birth mom and she's going to be so happy in that life. And we just tried to like portray it in a really good way. And he just looked at me, he's five. He didn't quite understand. He's like, I want a new family. And I was like, what do you mean you want a new family? He's like, I want a family that actually gives me sisters when they tell me they're going to. And he was so angry. He was like, you said you would, and then you lied to me. And so it was just like so hard to explain to this sweet boy. He had just begged and begged for a brother or a sister to just say like, okay, we're, we weren't trying to lie to you. <laughs> you know, God had other plans. You'll have a brother or sister someday. Like we just have to trust God. And he's like, but you said, you know, so it was quite a journey there. Um, with Truett, but what would you, how would you compare? I mean, you can't even compare, but like, how would you, yeah. How would you compare that your two losses of your, I mean, they were both your girls in a sense. I mean, how would, how did that compare? Yeah. Um, you know, I, So the first loss, the miscarriage was hard for a different reason. I feel like that was more of grieving. We're at the end of us even trying, like we're at the Mm -hmm. end of ever having a kid who, you know, looks like us again and like has our exact DNA. And I guess we're just being told no for something we had hoped for like our whole life. And so that was, 
that was kind of hard for that reason because it was kind of like the end of the road. The other one, when we thought we were going to bring this other little sweet girl home, that was hard because it was literally like not even the pregnancy. It's like the end of the pregnancy. And so your hopes are so high and it it's like the rug gets ripped under, out from underneath you and you almost can't even function because it just feels like you got robbed or something. It feels like someone broke into your house and stole all your stuff. That's kind of how it feels. Just like, like someone lied to me. You lied to me. Like we've been friends for a long time, for four months. You told me you were going to do this. And although I'm like, I understand fundamentally, this is your child and you can parent if you want. And that's your choice. I know so much about her story that I was actually a little heartbroken for that child because I know how hard her life was going to be. I was like, are you sure you're making the right choice? And honestly, you know, it's not up to me to do that, but it was heartbreaking for so many reasons. It was like, I'm sorry for the child. I'm sorry in the life she's stepping into. I know they can't even afford diapers or food. So like, and she already had two children. So I'm like, okay. I'm sorry for that child. I'm also like so sad for our family because she would have been so spoiled and so loved and I would have loved the chance to at least meet her. And sometimes the hardest thing is I've told Jonathan this, even like I think last week (laughs) I said, do you ever wonder like just what she looks like? I don't need to know what her name is. I don't need to know anything. I just want to see a picture. I just Mm -hmm. would love to see what she looks like because in my mind I have a picture of what I think she looked like. Um, because I think the dad was Hawaiian and the mom was Hispanic. And so she just was the most beautiful girl too. Yeah. So I'm sure it's just like a little Moana or something. I don't know, but like just <laughs> beautiful. And so yeah. I just wonder what that sweet girl looks like. And I just pray that she's doing okay. Yeah. So, but then, um, about two months later, we asked them the adoption agency at first, we said, can you take our name off the list? I just don't think our hearts are ready. Like we want to be really excited about the kid we get. And right now I can't honestly say I'd be excited if someone else called me, I'd be like, well, I'm still trying to think about the little girl I don't have. Um, and so whenever we felt like we were ready, we put our name back on the list. And then I think it was like a month later they called and said, Hey, this was the best. I just, this was God confirming to me that this was the one. Um, when she had called Mallory, the, our adoption worker, she called and she's like, Hey Michelle. And I was sitting at my desk at work at like two o'clock in the afternoon. So it's just completely out of the blue. Jonathan's out of town, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I was sitting there, um, at my desk and she called and I was like, and I recognized her number and I was like, Oh no, what is this? I was like, Hey, she's like, Michelle, do you have a second to talk? And I kind of just knew I just had this feeling and I, I had never done this with any call before. Like Anytime they'd called me about a potential, you know, would you be interested in this baby? Would you be open to this situation? Cause that a couple of those had happened that didn't, you know, ever come to do, you know, come to fruition. But, um, with this one, she said, well, there's a little boy and he's already born and he's your son. And I just started weeping. Like I could not stop crying. And all the girls in the office just came over and I was just like, it was like happy tears. It was like, they're like, are you okay? I was like, yes, I have a baby boy. I'm having a baby boy. And it wasn't even like 
a hesitation that it was going to work out. I was like, this is my son. I don't know. I just knew that like deep down, it was a different feeling. It was like a sure feeling like God was confirming that this is what you waited for. Yeah. And that's Axel. So he's, so so, was Jonathan, (laughs) did he get back in town to go meet his kid or did you bring him home by yourself? So, so she said, he's already here. What had happened was the birth mom, um, typically you would, in, in most situations, you would meet them at the hospital when they had the baby and go from there. But he was seven weeks old. Um, and I won't share the details of that story because just for her privacy, I don't really know that people would, um, all need to know, but for, for her situation, she had had him at home for a little while. And so at seven weeks we got him. So we waited about two weeks from that phone call, which was so hard to wait. Oh, I bet. But we met. Oh my goodness. That's... Oh yeah. We're like, you, I can't, have even imagine. you can't take him home yet, but in two weeks you can. <laughs> So how it works is like she has to go to court and relinquish her rights on her own um, with the judge, just her and the judge. And they ask her all kinds of hard questions like, you know, did they pay you for this child? Are they making you do this? You realize you can never get him back. So they ask like such hard things to these moms. Um, So once she did all that, we got to take him home. But she wanted a couple more weeks with him, which golly, I would too. He's such a sweet kid. We met her earlier than that, though, probably a couple days after that phone call, just to meet her. And the birth dad was there, too, which is also really rare that he's still in the picture. And so we met them both. We got to hold him. Um, at the t- his time um, that we met him, his name was Elijah. And mm-hmm. we had, and they said, are you going to change his name? And I was like, we are thinking of changing his name, if that's okay. But we, want, we wanted to talk to you about it first. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we don't mind at all if you change his name we just hope you would keep the middle name. And I was like, well, what is it? <laughs> I was like, what is this middle name? Um, is Malachi. And I love it. And I was like, oh, of course. Yes. We'd love to keep that. I love to keep part of his heritage that you, you've named him that. So yeah, definitely. So we asked him if we could name him Axel, which means man of peace. And they said, oh, we love that. We thought you guys were going to be so weird, but it turns out you're really normal. <laughs> I was like, yes, well, we're good. We're pretty normal. I hope. Um, so then, um, in a couple of weeks, whenever she had relinquished her rights, we got to bring him home. And I still, even today, um, I pray for her all the time and, and the birth dad. And then we post pictures on this app we share called tiny beans. Um, mm-hmm. and she likes them. I think she sent me a picture a couple of days ago of her. She has, um, three other kids. And so she sent me a picture of her other kids meeting Santa we sent a picture of her to her of like, so, so it's like a protected, but an open relationship. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. An, so it's an open adoption. Um, we are fine with her seeing him. I invite her to his birthday parties. Um, she hasn't, oh, wow. she hasn't come yet, but I always invite her and all the kids. Um, grandma, grandma Ruby, she came last time to his birthday party and it was just so precious and I have a picture with her. Um, but I just, I cherish those things because someday Axel deserves to know, you know, this is what right. my birth mom looks like. And this is the things she liked. Cause maybe those are things that I like. This is what my yeah. birth dad was like. And so I really want him to have a good identity of like my mom and my dad are Michelle and Jonathan and my brother is true it. But like deep down, I still, there's still a piece of me that 
I need to understand. And I really, really feel strongly that he has every right as much as we would want to know, you know, you can talk to your birth mom. I'm not like threatened by that. Like, I really hope you're friends with her. I hope she'll come to dinner. (laughs) You know, we always are trying to get together with her. Um, and I think it's a little hard for her right now. So I understand. I try to give her space. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm really have I have high hopes for that relationship someday to hopefully be really strong for him and for us. Yeah. Like our family loves her like, you know, family. So. Well, he is adorable. From the moment you guys got him, we, we would see you guys on Instagram and we'd just be like, oh my gosh, look at this picture <laughs> of this sweet boy. He's so cute. He is. We have so much fun dressing him because he looks good in everything. He does. (laughs) So stylish. Are you guys, I know you kind of alluded to it a while ago that there were just so many stop signs. Do you feel like in the future you guys may consider trying to get pregnant on your own or another adoption? Like, what do you feel like the future of your family is going to behold? That's a good question. So we we have always said, and this is 100% true, if you know, if his Axel's birth mom got pregnant again and she wanted someone to adopt those children or anything, we would 100% take them in a heartbeat. No problem. Um, would we, I, okay. So I've always wanted like five kids. So for me, I'm like, yes, give me all the children, but Jonathan is not so much that way. And I do respect that because I know he feels like, you know, I married you because I love you and I want to have a relationship with you and we can do more as a family and we can have more time together if we have less children, not that they're not a blessing because we love them so much, but like we've always thought like, well, I thought maybe, maybe he does have a little bit of a point. So I'm never, I'm never done. That's my answer. I'm never done. He's, I think he's good with two. Um, Mm -hmm. we both agreed, you know, we'll do another adoption if another little baby comes along or something. But us trying to get pregnant, I don't see that happening. Not that it couldn't, but it would take, I would be really nervous to, there's so many variables. Like, do I get off my medication? Does Jonathan get off his medication? Do we just like risk it? And then I start feeling selfish. Like, am I going to risk my health that I already have two kids to take care of, to take care of, to try to get a third one? Like, that seems a little selfish in some ways. to Yeah. That's a heavy, that's a heavy thought. Right. And so I'm just like, I need to enjoy what I have and be thankful and content. So I've been challenged by that. Um, yeah, that's the gist of it, but you know, it's really funny. We, we, I never thought I would be this person, but honestly, God works in mysterious ways. And we've always talked about, I think Jonathan and I are really interested and open to, and kind of actually already planning to adopt older children someday that are, um, phasing out of foster care that need like a forever home that need to be adopted when they're, you know, 17, 16, 17, we really feel called to maybe adopt a couple of those kids. Um, just that like they need a place to go for Thanksgiving. I mean, someone to help them with their bills and to like figure life out and be there for them. And we love to do that. And so, although it's not like a little baby, we just feel kind of called to that. Like, We'd love to have a relationship with some older kids too someday. So that's awesome. Yep. So we'll just see. So So I'm sure you're a lot like many of us and you're open with your story. Um, So what would you tell somebody today if, 
they sat down with you for coffee because they knew a little bit of your story and they just ask you, how do you face, how do you face the MS? How do you face, you know, your delayed, not just your delayed fertility, but really your, your kind of dreams that will never come to fruition, the loss, both losses, my goodness. How do you, how do you face all of that? It's mm, a good question. Um, I really have to think about this because it's a good question. Um, if I'm being very honest, I would say I have to, to choose to see my life as a blessing, the hard times and the good times. And if I can't accept both, then I feel wrong praising God in the good times when I can't praise him in the bad times. And so like, it's up to me to choose my joy and it's up to me to choose my, um, happiness, no matter what, like, am I going to choose to trust God in all circumstances or just the circumstances that work out well? And so I choose to trust God with my whole life. And so the parts that I don't understand, the parts that I do, I can see now, and it's hard to say in the moment, it's so hard in the moment because it's really hard waiting and it's really hard, you know, dealing with any kind of grief. But looking back, you can see how he's using it to weave a story that can help other people and that actually in some ways makes your story complete. And so I've just learned over time to trust. And I think he's always proven himself faithful in that. Um, so that's what I would say. Well, Michelle, thank you for being open and vulnerable with your story and your, just all the, all the moments. That's, I, I'm just really, I'm really glad we had you on today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm just pray for all the women and men, I guess, out there that are just praying about fertility journeys of any sort. It's really hard, but um, there are there are so many moments to be thankful for and so many hard ones. And I recently had a friend who had a failed um, IVF on the journey that she's on. And I just told her one day, I was like, you know, it's always going to be sad but it won't always hurt so bad. And so I think that that's just something to remember, like it'll always be sad, but I think God will heal our hearts and it won't always hurt so bad. I think that's just wise advice. It may always be sad, but it won't always hurt so bad. I think we can come to that place only when we see God's hand, as Michelle said, that it's weaving a story through our lives that he uses for his glory. It reminds me of something I read in a devotional this week. It said, God is with you in your moments of darkness, but our darkness isn't dark to him. Our mysteries are not mysteries to him. Our surprises don't surprise God. He is the one that looks at what we see as dark and he sees light. He holds both you and your mysteries in his gracious hands and weaves a beautiful story out of them. I have no doubt that is what he's doing in each of our lives, in each of these stories of delayed fertility and loss. I pray that this year brings new perspective to you and your journey. I pray you can see him and praise him on your good days and your bad days. Thanks for tuning back in. I cannot wait to see what God does through all of us this year. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joint Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. 
He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day. Oh,